Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Here is Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Very excited to have Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, and Robbie Yopes, the bossy sergeant of life. <laughs> that is hey, right. Hey. That's my, you know, I didn't tell you, Beatrice, that's my new title, the bossy sergeant, sergeant of life. All right, I can live with that. Yeah, you guys like match today. You're so sparkly and red. What are you talking about that? Wow, I got to get a picture. You guys look great. She called my house and asked my husband what I was wearing. That is so I'm cute. stalking well, super Beatrice Bruno. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Three Dog Night. Remember the band? Yeah. Michael Jeremiah McNeil. was a Oh, excellent. Very Thank good. You. Very good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have a, a guest on next. You kind of threw me off for a second. Um, he's a drummer from Three Dog Night and uh, Michael McNeil. And he is um, in Colorado because he is doing something called Inner City Slickers. And so he works with at-risk youth and with animals, horses in particular. And so they do oh. ranch work, and they start by, like, in the stalls, the okay. dirty work, and then they kind of build up trust with the animals. And these are kids that sometimes aren't able to trust very well because they have reason to not trust. Inner-city slickers. Uh-huh. I like that. Isn't that neat? That's, That's cool. wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So he's moved on from his music to that, but he still does music, too. So anyway, he'll be joining us next. All right. And by the way, he's on a ranch. I've talked to him on his cell phone just briefly, and he's um, here in Colorado on a ranch. So the reception's okay. So just bear with me on that one. That's cool. All right. I want to start, you guys, with a good news story and then an example of a bad news story that I think we need to talk about, about you know, people respecting their elders and, um, you know, and treating people kindly and what happened to, like, manners. Yeah. Uh, but this is way worse than having bad manners. It has to do with a, a guy. It, it's been in the news in the last week, um, a young man punching a 78-year-old man. And when you find out why, it involves free samples. It's so ridiculous. Lord have mercy. And it's like, it's I sense. cannot even believe. And the guy, by the way, on his social media says he's a, a nursing student or he wants to be a nurse. That's <laughs> well, a caretaking role, which he might not have the gift for. <laughs> Wouldn't he be a good one? Oh, can you imagine? Oh All right. So let's start with uh, good news. Are you f- familiar with the kid president, Robbie Novak? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. You know who he is? Yes. You do too? So he has brittle bone disease, and he's broken over 70 bones. And that's why I find him even more inspirational, because his whole shtick is inspiring people. Yes, it is. And he, but that disease causes a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you can imagine. I, I it, can't just imagine. because their bones are brittle doesn't mean it doesn't hurt when they break, by right. the way. Right. It's not like brittle bone disease and, oh, it doesn't hurt when you break your bone. Wow. It's brittle bone disease and it still hurts. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine breaking over 70 bones? Oh, my God. And being as uplifting as this kid is. Yes, and he's he about is. my son's age. Um, he's elementary school age, but mm-hmm. soon to be going to middle school. My son's in fourth grade, and I've always uh, remembered that they're about the same age. And uh, he's an actor best known for pray- playing his character, Kid President, on the Soul P- Pancake website. And Moose is obsessed <laughs> with him. Moose, like it was Moose's goal to get him on. So when he wrote a new book with his brother-in-law a while back, Moose got him on. And uh, so he follows him. And he said this is his most recent video that's out. And it's Pep Talk for the World. And it's in two parts. So I want to listen to this good news about this, what this young kid's saying who's dealing with such pain in his life and such a debilitating illness, and then we'll, we'll discuss amongst ourselves. I think the world needs a pep talk. I need you to look, people. Look with your eyes. This is where we live. It's a good place. Look around you. What do you see? Volcanoes, sunsets, Justin Timberlake's teeth. Those things are perfect. 
But I'm telling you, world, we got some work to do. Mm. Open your eyes. How cool is it that we're all alive on the same planet at the same time? I think it's time that we start making cool stuff happen. On the planet we live on, there's poverty, hunger, injustice. The world is full of awesome. It's also full of not awesome. On the planet we live on, there's also potential possibilities. Puppies. Yeah, I said puppies. Ah, we're getting distracted. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're all here. We're all born to make a difference. It can be easy to get overwhelmed. Feel like you can't do anything. But that's why we have each other. Well, there's lots of bad stuff in the world, but there's also you. And there's me. Time to set some goals. I'm not talking squad goals. I'm talking global goals. All of y'all, the whole world is my squad goal. All right, so think about this. Would you ever think a kid that age could inspire so many people? I mean, what he's done is kind of like something you talk about with your friends. Oh, I know this boy, he's so inspirational. We were having coffee. Wouldn't it be neat if he could have his own YouTube channel or mm -hmm. wouldn't it be neat if he could inspire people? Well, this kid's done it. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. So what's our excuse? Just saying. I have I'm no really excuse busy. right now. I'm really busy. No, I'm really just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I have a multi-million dollar corporation and so I really don't have time to inspire people like that. That's an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we all have plenty of excuses. Yes, we do. Why we can't give and why we can't do things But for excuses others. are just like armpits. Everyone has them, and they all stink. They all stink. Oh, wow. That was, yeah, that's good. I'm going to cross-stitch that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you got to cross-stitch that yeah, on a pillow. On a pillow. <laughs> yeah, you do that. <laughs> you know, the, this, uh, this, uh, the kid president, he's amazing. He really is. And I like that he's um, willing to stand up as an individual. Absolutely. And um, I think that there are probably a lot of kids like him mm -hmm. who uh, don't get on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I feel like m my kids have little inspirational things here and there, not like this guy, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, sure. And obviously they put a lot of this together for him and help him, but he's got this spark about him. So let's listen to part two, and then I want to tell you about the uh, five things kids, kid president knows for sure. This is what he told Oprah in her magazine, five things he knows for sure. But let's listen to part two of uh, kid president's pep talk for the world. What the world needs is love. And also and to extreme poverty, eliminating inequality, fixing our planet. That's why we got you. That's why we have each other. That's why we got goals, global goals. Together, we're louder. Together, we're brighter. Together, we're gooder. That isn't a word. Global goal number four, education. Talking about school, I gotta tell you something. School cafeterias can be scary places. Where do I sit? Where do I not sit? Where's the cool table? Let me tell you something. The cool table is wherever you are. In the lunchroom of the world, there should be a cool table. Nope. The whole lunchroom should be one big cool table. A big table. A table where everybody's invited. Where everybody has a seat. Where everybody has enough. That's the kind of table that I want to be at. That's the kind of world I want to live in. That's the kind of world that we're building. Because of people like you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Let's live in the world where awesome is celebrated every day. Where people treat people like they're people. Those are my kind of people. So get out there. And if you find yourself feeling like it's too tough, remember, you're not alone. There's lots of people at the table. And it's a cool table. Open lots of people at the table. You'll see.
I want to sit at open the Open your cool eyes, table. you'll see. Yeah, a lot of people you table. Do. It's you a do. cool table. Open your eyes and you'll see. Open your eyes because, you know, so many of us are looking down at our devices, so we don't have time to oh, yeah. look around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that's mm, crazy. Mm, mm. Oh. All right, this is what Oprah, he told, Robbie Novak, kid president, told Oprah in her magazine, five things I know for sure. We need to hug more and shout less. Hmm. That's what my kids have been telling me, that I yell too much. And I'm like, I know that because <laughs> you are professional button pushers, and I have not <laughs> mastered the, that's like, great. ten times in, like, then I'm ready to lose it. You know, hmm. and so they're like, we need to stop yell- <laughs> yelling at each other so much. We we drive up to Evergreen yesterday, and it's elk season, rutting season, and uh, so I saw a, a guy from a tourist from Vegas about get gored because he turned around and there was an elk right behind him oh, walking down goodness. the street by the coffee shop over there, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. by the lake, and uh, so I was videotaping and I happened to catch it, and uh, uh, I told him it was more dangerous in the Vegas Strip in the, the streets of Evergreen, you know. <laughs> And as we're driving back, we're talking about all kinds of beautiful things. And then I brought up like homework and how they need to be better about that. And they tell, tell me I need to yell less. And I'm like, but could we figure out a way for you to listen before I have to yell for you to listen? Like, hmm. is there another way? And um, and I hear Faith in the background say, I was wondering if we could talk some about some nice things now. Can we change the conversation? <laughs> Can we talk about some nice things now? Because they don't want to be reminded of like any of their failings, you know, Absolutely. like how messy their rooms are. Can we talk about nice things? Because we do the golden list in the car, which is our gratitude list whenever nice. the kids start to argue. <laughs> and so that they want to bring that up every time I, I get on a serious topic. Now, can we do our golden list and talk about some nice things now? <laughs> yeah, not funny. And what about that blood moon? Do you see that? Oh, yes. yes. Absolutely gorgeous. Isn't that amazing. It was, yeah. you know, what was fun is we went outside. I made I said John Noah this is a family moment let's go yeah so we in our pajamas and our tinny shoes we went outside and we looked at it and the really cool I mean it's very pretty thank you Jesus it was so pretty Amen. but it, it was also cool to have all the neighbors out yeah so many other people and it was kind of cool to Wasn't share that, cool? that I thought it was cool too all right back to Robbie okay so he says we need Me? to hug more and shout uh, that the other Robbie, the other Robbie. Kid president hug more and shout less he said that's all Hug more, shout less. That's all. Amen. Number two, dance already. Get up and move. I have brittle bone disease, says Kid President, which basically Aww. means my bones are really fragile. I've had more than 70 breaks since I was born, but I always find a reason to dance. My favorite move is the pencil sharpener. Sounds fabulous. The pencil sharpener. I would think yeah. it would be like. Oh yeah, like a yeah. Like, oh, the old okay. time non-electric sharpener. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, the kind All you right. spin. That's cool. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Yes. That's a chair dance. And yeah, non-electric. Yeah, yeah, it would be like That's the cool. old old school All pencil. Right. All right. Number three, Robbie says, if life is a game, aren't we all on the same team? That's mm. what he said in, in the yeah. pep talk for all the world. The cool table. Yeah. Let's start acting like we're on the same team and work together and stop no, being bullies. Right. Which, by the way, as much as, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into politics, I'm not into that, but my kids said, Donald Trump's being a bully to people, you know, that he, they're, they're, that he's picking on people, calling him out. And I, again, I don't want to get into politics, but um, my kids called him out as being a bully. And he may be a politician and a very successful businessman, but he does say things about people that if they were kids, we would say That's uh, right. that he's bullying another kid if he That's were right. a kid. Right? right. All right. And I'm not saying I like him or don't like him. I'm not getting into all that. Mm -hmm. I want to keep my friends. <laughs> keep my voting. That's why they have that little booth with the curtain. So you can mm -hmm. draw it shut. And everybody right vote. Everybody. everybody. If you're not Please registered, vote. get registered. And if you don't vote, don't come to me talking about, I don't know why that person is the president this time. I, I don't want to hear it. Because if you didn't vote, that means you didn't take action, mm -hmm. boo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, Okay, number four, kid president. Mom upside down spells wow. I wish every mom in the world knew how amazing that she really is. Sometimes it's just hard for us kids to say how much we love them, but moms, let's cool it on the meatloaf. But mom does mean wow when it's upside down. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to adopt him as an honorary grandchild. Sweet. He is so sweet. I like that. And number five, kid president says be more awesome. Just because you're a grown-up doesn't mean you have to be all grown-up. Be cool. Everybody can be boring, but you're gooder than that. Every day when you wake up, you have a chance to be a party. What will you create to make the world better? Nothing if you just keep on sitting there. I want to be gooder. I want to be gooder, too. I want to be gooder. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm reading the Junie B. Jones book with my daughter. Oh, my and gosh, the, uh, Those are funny books. More beautifuler. And I, yeah, and now when yeah. she was reading it to a four-year-old, she goes, my mommy says that's not a word, by the way. Because <laughs> every word that's like incorrect grammar, yeah. I read it, then I correct it. So now she does it for the four-year-old that she reads. So isn't that <laughs> that's funny? Great. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's not a, Beautiful. My mom says that's not a word, by the way. All right. So now that we've been inspired, do you guys want to talk about the bad news story? Sure. It's, sure. it's your show, and I would love to talk about it. I just think that this will open up a discussion, and this is from last week. And it just really struck me because, first of all, my kids love to go to Costco and get free examples. Mm-hmm. And I don't, <laughs> cor- yes, them? free examples. <laughs> and I don't correct them because I think it's super cute. They call them free examples. Mm-hmm. And so, and even the ladies that give the free examples think it's pretty cute. <laughs> and they're like, would you like another example? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that is not a real word like either it. for sample. All right. So this guy, and this is the this is the Costco I go to when I'm in California because I used to work in Burbank at NBC. And my sister-in-law and my nephew live right down the street from the Costco in Burbank. That's where we shop. And I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks and we'll be in there. And so I'll be getting some free examples right there where this went down. So a 78-year-old man is trying to get one of his free examples. (laughs) Can't even stop saying it now. The 78-year-old man is trying to get a waffle with some Nutella, which sounds quite delicious. I think I would probably say, even though I wouldn't buy that, I would want to sample it, Mm -hmm. right? As he's reaching, a young guy who's about 22, he reaches over and he grabs them all. And the 78-year-old man, and I am training myself to not get involved with people who might be crazy i am training myself to just keep my mouth shut mm-hmm. and i'm trying to train my mother it was like last night when we were never green some guy parked really close to us and she was getting ready to tell him off out the window oh, and i said we are examples of christians and if someone is a bad parker we don't scream at them out the window in front of the grandkids mm. and i made her not say anything because she is sassy mm. and she will talk back her she gets angry mm. so i said look at how i readjusted my car and got out of that space without yelling at that guy look at how we're christians pulling out of the parking lot with not getting into some kind of verbal assault with someone who parked our neighbor our neighbor in the parking spot so i'm trying to train myself and my mother not to just yell something out when we feel like we've been wronged. Mm-hmm. So the 78-year-old guy said, don't take all the samples. So he punched him in the face, and it opened up like a one-inch cut above the his kid. eyes. The kid punched the 78-year-old man who told him to not take the free samples. And on this kid's Facebook page, it's plastered with selfies of himself. He says that he either wants to be a nurse, or he's an aspiring nurse, or going to school to be a nurse, something involving caretaking. What happened? Well, let's hear. Let's listen. Investigators say a fight over free Nutella waffle samples at this Burbank Costco sent a 78-year-old man to the hospital with a one-inch cut to his face and 24-year-old Derek Garabigi to jail. 
Yeah, it's, it's a shame that it had to come to this over, you know, a uh, uh, Nutella sample. Burbank police say the elderly man told officers he was reaching for a Nutella waffle at a sample table last Sunday morning when prosecutors say Garabigi took all of the remaining samples. Investigators say the 78-year-old told Garabigi he shouldn't take so many samples when police say Garabigi punched the elderly man in the face. It's, it's a tragic situation where someone, you know, in their 70s, almost 80 years old, is, uh, faces something like this. Prosecutors say Garabigi could face more than 11 years in state prison. Burbank police confirm this is Garabigi's Instagram page. His profile says he's a future nurse with an attitude and lazy. Among the selfies, there's a growing social media backlash, with one user asking, did you seriously punch an old man in the face? Another posting, disgusting, and lay off the Nutella waffles. Doesn't matter what anybody says, you shouldn't be able to hit anybody, you know, personally. On. Wow. Believable. Absolutely. That's just crazy. And I'm very happy that the police are in on it and he's going to get um, his due consequence. Because, you know, I mean, there's absolutely nothing great about that. No, nothing. it's not no, it's good not. news. But I guess my question is this is an extreme example, but I see this rudeness all the time. Absolutely. Rudeness of grabbing all the samples or cutting somebody off with your cart, bumping into somebody in the store, um, racing to a parking spot, taking an extra spot so your fancy car doesn't get scratched, which, by the way, is like an invitation for someone to scratch it. When you do that, mm -hmm. don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, so. What, what's going on? Or like people running to the elevator and you're running for it too. And you're like, hold on. You know, I, I know that I'm, that there are a lot of people who will hold the elevator and who don't park like that. But don't you feel like uh, doors get dropped in my face now? And granted, I'm not as cute as I was in my twenties, but weren't you taught to hold the, the door for ladies? Yeah. What's happening to kids? you got a teenager, and Beatrice, uh, Robbie, you got a teenager. Beatrice, your kids are grown. Are kids learning to, like, respect women, hold doors, be courteous, respect your elders, not talk back? Absolutely. You know, my, um, I have a 16-year-old, and we've, since he was out of the womb, we've been trying to teach him. <clears throat> and I'm from Texas, too. And so that it's, manners are big in the South. Very, very big. So he always ho holds open doors and blah, blah, blah. But he's um, in detention right now because he talked back to a security officer at his high school Interesting. about throwing the football. So, um, um, you know, I mean, there's uh, nobody's perfect. But at the same time, it's so important. It starts with the parents. It starts at home. I'm it sorry. Does. It starts at home. It and, does. You know, we are, we're a military family. Both my husband and I served in the military. And um, our kids are 39, 34, 31, and 23. And they still say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They will call you by Miss Angie, Miss Robbie, you know, because that's the way we raise them. We didn't raise our kids to just talk to you like you're their peer. Right. And see, that's where we're going wrong, especially here in the United States. We don't respect that anymore. Where is Mr. and Mrs.? Yes. That's not in our vocabulary anymore. And we've got to stop that. Well, okay, I, you know, I, we moved here from California, but we're from, down, from Texas. Mm -hmm. So um, I tried, Beatrice, I tried. And, and Noah does call some people Mr. and Mrs. Mm -hmm. But there are some adults yeah. who they look say, at him and say, call no. call me Bob. Exactly. Call me Bob. I'm fine. And it's like they want to be looked at as friends. So it's adults, too, you know. And to those people, I look at them and say, no, my child will call you Mr. So-and-so. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, And we do a lot of, like, um, in preschool, they'd always say, like, Miss Robbie or Miss Beatrice. And so they do that when they don't know the last name. Sure. And um, they still do that because I don't like them using, you know, like Arlene is like a second grandma to them. Right. And they call her Miss Arlene. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't feel comfortable 
with it at all. Yeah. Um, and you I know, go ahead. Well, I I wanted to, I want to bring up something that's a struggle within myself is with this situation. Do you stand up and say, "Hey, you need to open the door for me. Hey, you're cutting yes. line," or do you let it go? Because if you if you stand up, oh, you mean sometimes a stranger have a gun or your own your kid? Face. No, a stranger. Oh, no, strangers. You can't. That's what I mean. Remember the guy, uh, the, uh, the the reporter. The, of course you do. That just killed the reporter and the cameraman. Yes. Someone that was involved in a road rage incident with him recognized him from TV and said, "Oh my gosh, that's the guy that followed me to my office about a week ago." And so they got into a verbal altercation, and the guy uh, going into his office building videotaped him said, hey, you're the guy that followed me to my office building. It's kind of telling him off, like, you know, get out of here, bro, and you know, leave me alone. You follow me. And so I just say, we don't know who these people are. True. Don't talk back to them. That's, That's all true. I'm saying. All right, Beatrice and Robbie, love to have you on. I'm going to have you on again this week. And stick around. Three Dog Night is next. Um, Michael McNeil, and he has a charity called Inner City Slickers, and he's in Colorado to talk about it. Love lives here on 810 KLVZ, loving through worship music and inspirational talk. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to InfiniteNation.com. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. You know, do you have dreams that you'd like to reach, goals, desires? Are you hurting? Are you sad? Have you had a loss? I have the most wonderful thing for you. Last year, I said, I'd love to get some of the great speakers from around Denver and have kind of like our own women of faith. So it's called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. Last year, the women said it was life changing and they asked us if we would do it again. So we have six wonderful speakers, myself included. I'm going to be talking about, uh, do you want to be a victim or a victor? Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, talking about letting go of the past. We're going to talk about reaching your goals with Carrie Conley. Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America, talking about choices and aiming towards Christ. Angel Tussie, radio host on AM560, talking about how she resurrected her marriage and her home life and how to have home life in balance. And no one has a better life than Angel. And Diane Lopes, talking about money and trust. I have to tell you, as a Christian woman, I feel so blessed to be part of this. I would love for you to come. AngieAustinRadio.com for tickets October 3rd in Highlands Ranch. Music of inspirations, encouragement, and meditation is found here on 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, this is kind of a cool story because it combines one of my brother's loves, Three Dog Night, 
Michael McNeil was in the band Three Dog Night, and now he has something just as cool, if not cooler, Michael, Inner City Slickers, where you're working with kids. Um, And you started this after the L.A. riots. I'm so touched by the background. You run this out of Canyon Country, where I used to live when I worked for NBC in Los Angeles, and I worked there during the riots. But now you're actually in Colorado in my neck of the woods now doing something wonderful. So let's first of all, uh, Michael, welcome you to the show. Hello. Thank you. Hello. It's great to be on. All right. Tell us about um, Inner City Slickers after you, uh, you know, left your uh, quite a different world, the music world, to, to volunteering with kids. Yeah. Well, you know, Colorado, I was raised here, first of all. Oh, what part? Yeah. I was raised in Denver and Aurora. I went to Colorado University. Um, but at 19, I picked up my band and we moved out to California to be rock and roll stars, right? That's I always wanted to be a in uh, in the rock and roll business and uh, uh, while I was out there um, uh, you know I joined Free Dog Night and recorded with them and I also did studio work with uh, Shaka Khan and Rufus and other artists but um, yeah 1992 here's the funny thing is that when the band broke up when Free Dog broke up again in 1977 I was living next door to John Travolta who was doing Welcome Back Carter at the time Oh, that's funny. And I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And I would go to his show, and he would come to our concerts. And uh, after the band broke up, I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try acting. I thought I might have a little bit more control of my career. Of course, that was a no. But uh, I was, you know, getting involved with that and doing acting. And I was studying with Harvey Lembeck. Do you remember Harvey from the Beach Blanket Bingo movies? Oh, my goodness. I don't, but I remember the title of the Beach Blanket Bingo. That's hilarious. I, I don't remember him. Yeah, and that's Lunicello. He was, he was the original Fonzie. He was the motorcycle guy that said, you stupid. Oh, okay, okay, with a net. Okay, I yeah. gotcha. Anyway, he was the dialogue coach on Welcome Back Caller, and he had an acting class. And I said, when I was there on the set, I said, you know, let's think about becoming an actor. He says, okay, well, come on down. We'll see what you got. So I walk into this acting class, and and guess who's there? Robin Williams is there, John Ritter is there, uh, Penny Marshall, all these people that were just starting to up, you know, up and coming folks. And so I got on stage with Robin Williams, and basically just sat down and just watched him perform. Right? Yeah. Who? And, yeah. Who wouldn't uh, just like just want to soak that yeah, in? Yeah. Yeah. So I had some good energy, and so I I joined the class, but. <clears throat> Uh, an audition came out uh, on ABC uh, that Sid and Marta Croft are doing a, a children's show called the Croft Super Show, and they wanted a they wanted a band to kind of host the show, and they needed a drummer who could sing and dance and do comedy. So, I mean, I can sing and I can kind of dance, and the comedy was hard. He was, he was helping with, with me with that, but I got the show, and then that really kind of opened my uh, door to working with kids because we were a big hit with all the young kids. In fact, I have people who grew up that are 40, 45, 50 years old that uh, contact me all the time and say, hey, we love the show and whatever. So I started, you know, just checking out that whole world of what kids were, were going through in that day and age. And yeah. then uh, fast forward to 1992, I was working with the Temptations at the time. Um, and, uh, of course the riots broke out and I was watching LA burn from sunset Boulevard. And I oh. said, what the heck's going on here? Wasn't that scary? There was, well, yeah, you know, yeah, there were snipers on the roof. I mean, it was just nuts. So 
And you know what, though? The way that the press handled it, it was very one-dimensional, very kind of, well, yeah, these people are just burning their city and stuff. So I wanted to create a television series about the inner city. But first, honestly, I never, I didn't even know where it was. I'd never been down there. So check this out. So I, I go down and walk the streets of East L.A. and Compton uh, in a suit. Okay, That's interesting, um, especially I'm right after the riots. When- I'm white. Yeah, <laughs> I'm white. I'm six foot four. And uh, so I stuck out just a little bit. And but what I did was that I started going into churches and kind of just sat in the back and kind of just got a feel of what was going on. And people noticed me. And at that time, you know, people were going down there and exploiting the whole situation. But I started to uh, become friends with a lot of the people and really got a sense of the community and found just a great group of people that had kids who just needed some help. So that's when I actually started my charity, which was called the Awareness Foundation. That's the mother uh, charity. And a little bit past that, I was filming a commercial and it had horses and kids in it. And I noticed every time the horses came out on the set, the kids just really kind of glowed. And coming from Colorado, I was a horse person. I was I was raised with horses when I was a kid. Right. So I I must have had city slickers on my mind because um, that was in 1991. So I I thought, what about inner city slickers? And so I contacted the Castle Rock and got everybody's blessing on it. And we did our first one at a at a camp in Malibu. And then from then on, I just kept doing it, and it really has become a calling for me, uh, just an advocate for kids. Yeah. Okay, so um, now this is a passion of yours, and tell us about the event in Colorado and what you do, um, you know, with the kids in Inner City Slickers, because I've I've seen some of these Inner City kids uh, in the videos and the stories about what you do, and they're not, you know, they may not have ever come into contact with a horse before. A lot of these kids come from very difficult backgrounds, and so let's talk about, you know, what you do and and what you're doing in Colorado. Sure. Well, you know... When I when I started it, it was really more designed towards inner city because that's where I thought the problem was. But I got to tell you, uh, every kid that's growing up in this world today is at risk. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. phenomenal with the with the amount of bullying that's going on. So, I the 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 program is really developed into an integrity and character building program, uh-huh. and getting these kids to find out who they are. And to get them to trust again, because they've been let down so many times. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want to listen. So we design a program that really is very scary in a safe environment. We use horses for trust exercises. We do different, um, we do this uh, event called the Fall of Faith, where, and you've probably seen this before, where someone climbs up on something, they fold their arms and they fall back and people catch yes, them. Yes, yes. Well, I did this with a 45-year-old. It took me 45 minutes to get him to fall back. And he went through, I don't want to do it, to swearing at me, to crying at me, and then just fell back. So we all deal with trust issues. I mean, bottom line is, I think everything's just based on trust. So we're, we're trying to bring these kids um, up the ladder of trust and showing them that they're really something, that they've got these special talents. Because you can look at a kid just like you can look at, at anything, whether it's a dog or a cat or whatever, and you can find something special about that child. Yeah. And that's where you got to work from. you got to really, you got to encourage, not discourage. you really got to 
be there for them. And then the most important thing after we do all these events, because we do teamwork things and we do a, uh, back in Tennessee, that's where I, I live now, and I, that's where my main headquarters is. You know, we have a, um, what do you call those things, a, a zip line, and it's all about to bring up their fear, and then as a group, we just kind of move all together and get past their fear. And when they come out the other side, they feel different. They feel like someone cares. They feel like someone has taken an interest in them, and it's so interesting to watch the volunteers change right along with the kids. I think, honestly, that the volunteers get as much or more out of oh, working yeah. with these kids than the kids do. Yeah, let's talk about that because so, I'm really, on the good news, you yeah. know, we're all about faith and family and giving other to others, being kind to others. And so let's talk about sure. uh, the kids and the volunteers. Well, first of all, if you're just joining us, um, Michael McNeil is talking about Inner City Slickers. He is the drummer from Three Dog Night, one of my brother's uh, favorite bands. And I uh, heard you a lot because he played you very loudly in the basement. And um, <laughs> and uh, I just want to um, uh, mention real quickly um, the event this weekend as we get more into the heart of what you do um, go, here in Colorado this Saturday, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the kids get here, they come from all different backgrounds. Uh, they'll arrive and we put them through trust exercises, teamwork building. Uh, we work a lot with the horse because the horse accepts any color, race, creed, big, fat, tall, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But they're big and they're scary, you know, and they, you know, it's not like a four-wheeler that you can get on it. This is a living thing that somehow you have to build some type of connection with that horse and get that horse to trust you, and you have to trust that horse. And if we could see if we can get kids to trust and learn how to trust and learn learn what to trust, mm-hmm. and not to just kind of just say I trust everybody. No, do they walk the talk? Do they deli- Do they do they deliver what they promise? And, and honestly, um, I, I came from a home that, uh, you know, my folks divorced when I was uh, five. And, uh, so I didn't have that type of support growing up myself. And, and as you, as you keep getting let down and disappointed and promises broken, you decide, well, I, I'm just not listening anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm on my own. Forget it. I'll, I'll. I'll just uh, do what I can to make it make it happen. And you know, back when I was uh, in the inner city back there in East LA, uh, a lot of the ministers back there told me that these kids didn't feel that they were going to live past twenty one anyway. So who cares? So sad, and that's and that's so true and in you know, those neighborhoods. In Iowa, we have two locations in Iowa. Two years ago, uh, seven kids had committed suicide because of cyberbullying. Wow. Yeah. And they were between the ages of 10 and 14. Now, what's wrong with this picture when a 10-year-old thinks that there's no hope, that they can't do anything, that there's nowhere to go, they can't yeah. talk to anybody, yeah. they internalize it all, and they say, it's better just to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know what, I, what, I, what I think one of my biggest disappointments uh, is, is that I find there's such an apathy. Uh, I travel all over the country, and everywhere I go, there is not much for kids to do. Um, you know, you have your sports programs in schools, and some kids fit into that, and you have cheerleading and stuff. But the kids that kind of fall through the cracks, uh, there really isn't anything 
um, for them to do. Now, I live, check this out, I live in East Tennessee, and a small place, 35,000 people. There's 190 churches in that area. The only thing that a kid has to do is a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, last, year, last year, East Tennessee had more meth labs than anywhere in the United States, oh, wow. and more young babies addicted to painkillers than anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. Shocking, huh? So, so it's, it's the people. See, if, if people are listening to me now, I just want them to just take another look around them. You know, it, doesn't, it only takes a moment to change a child's life. And just with a little interest, mm-hmm. you know, and I always get emotional when I talk about this because it's um, it's a problem that I that I don't see getting much better. Yeah. The uh, the kids the kids that I talk to in schools, um, they get beat up right in front of security officers. No one no one seems to do anything. And and then if you really get angry about it, well, there's something wrong with you. You know, we're we're taking care of it. The, uh, it's, uh, you know, so I just do what I can do. Um, I, um, I keep in touch with so many kids through Facebook and cell phone numbers. And I always give them my phone number and I have kids call me and whatever. And, and I encourage all our volunteers to get a number, find them on Facebook, uh, take them out for lunch, uh, whatever, just let them know that they're not alone. Right. And, uh, and we're, we're making some inroads. I get letters that saying, you know, that this helped and this helped. But, uh, you know, just like Martin Luther King, when he was striving as much as he did, he knew he wasn't going to end racism in his lifetime. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to handle every child that's, uh, that comes out of the, uh, their mother's womb. But it's, it's that starfish happen. principle, you know, when they say, are you going to save them all? Well, it matters to that one, the one you throw back in the water, each starfish you throw back in, so every kid you touch. And I'm sure you've got wonderful stories. Can you tell us any story from yourself or a volunteer that really has solidified in your heart, like why you do this? Any any story that, you know, there's been a change or something that really touched you and made you think, wow, this is why I do this? Yes. Uh, as soon as you said that, I thought of a guy in Kansas City. Um, he had remarried uh, a 14-year-old daughter. Uh, I think it was his adopted daughter. They just never got along. They were just angry at each other all the time, and she left the house and went to live with the grandparents. Well, she came back during our ICS event to visit her mother, and she couldn't get back to, uh, she couldn't get a ride back to grandma's house, so she had to stay. So, uh, so you see this uh, strange father and daughter, and they're doing this event together, and uh, and you're noticing that they have kind of a similar purpose. They're helping kids because she wanted to help kids too, and they saw each other in a real different light. Mm-hmm. She saw her dad not only as uh, well the problems that she had, but for some reason she kind of just let those go and just kind of watched him deal with other children, and and so I just saw them kind of slowly interacting together. By the end of the event, she had decided to move back with him. Wow. And live back at home with, with his wife and, and her. And so there's many stories that I see uh, where there is estrangement and there's reconciliation. Uh, young kid who uh, was 15 when I first started, now he's, I don't know, close to 40. Uh, 
came right out of the inner city uh, and became a master chef on Amtrak. And I did an event in Acton, California, and he came. I hadn't seen him in 20 years, 25 years. And he sat down with me, and a few of my original Wranglers were there. He said, you know what? I used everything that you guys taught us to get Ryan in today. That obviously very satisfying, and I want to make sure that people can find out more about Inner City Slickers because one of my friends volunteering with you, and so you go around the country uh, here in Colorado for the weekend event. Michael McNeil, you may know him as the drummer of Three Dog Night and also of Inner City Slickers now. What's your website, Michael? It's innercityslickers.com. Well, that's pretty simple. Well, thank you. What a blessing all you're doing for the kids. And when you think you can't change them all or touch them all, you're certainly changing the ones that you do touch and come into contact with. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for joining us on The Good News. My pleasure. I'll see you. You heard it in church. Now you have it here on 810 KLVZ. And yes, it's all right to sing along. Hi, it's Angie Austin from The Good News. I would love for you to come to an event that I guarantee will bless you. It's the second annual Christian Women's Conference. I'm one of the speakers, and so are you, Michelle Ron. Yeah, I'm excited to be there. What do you think people will learn and take away from the conference? I think they will learn that they are loved by Jesus and that they are going to take away things that they can apply to their lives every single day. I last year found that women said it was Mm life-changing, and I'm still getting comments about how wonderful it was. We have six speakers. It's 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Saturday, October 3rd, and that is at Jubilee Fellowship Church. That's in Littleton. So if you go to my website, AngieAustinRadio.com, there's an early bird special. We want to make this affordable because we know a lot of women are hurting. A lot of women are tired. A lot of women are rushed. And as Christian women, we want to come together, real women, real issues, real solutions, and bless you. So we have a great deal to bless a friend, bring a friend. Perfect. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com, click on upcoming events. We would love to have you at our women's conference. I know you'll be blessed. I'm blessed being part of it. Oh my goodness, yes. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Worship through wonderful music, impactful sermons, and inspirational talk programs. Where Love Lives, 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, you know, let's be honest, many of us have financial issues, and a recent study is finding that the vast majority of Hispanic Americans are struggling with long-term financial issues. Here to help us better understand all of us this morning, Luis Cachua, Director of Multicultural Markets for Northwestern Mutual 
thank you for having me on today. You are welcome. All right, Luis. So you're going to you're going to explain the survey's findings and also clarify some misconceptions about how and when to start a financial plan that'll provide adequately for our families. Also, give us a comfortable lifestyle, which is important, and a secure retirement, which many of us don't get started on in time. So let's get started with this topic. Tell us a little bit about the findings. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, just quickly about the survey, you know, the survey we conducted was to better understand how Americans define their happiness and success in their own lives. Um, you know, it, it was really important for us to get this in order to better understand and be able to cater our programs, products to really help people um, in the communities we serve. Um, w- you know, a couple quick things that we found that were uh, specifically with Hispanic Americans that were, you know, um, really noticeable. One is that 70% of Hispanics do not have a financial plan in place. Okay. Um, so that, that, that's very telling, right? Yes, yeah, 70%. That's um, a high second, number. But, but interestingly enough, I think many of us don't, but I agree that 70% is a little bit surprising to me. Absolutely. And, and to your point, I think that not only is this a, a Hispanic opportunity, but I think it's an American opportunity. Yes, right? I agree. Hispanic-American opportunity across all, all ethnicities and um, places, I think this is a huge opportunity for us to, to invest in. Mm-hmm. All right. What else did you find? Um, do you know, the, the other thing in terms of, of a couple key points and in terms of the, the survey is that um, nearly 60% of Hispanic Americans graded themselves this year lower for personal financial management. Interesting. Um, but the, the good news around that is, is that um, similar to many other folks, Although there's a lack of planning, like we just mentioned, and they graded themselves a CLO for personal financial management, they do have very um, aspirational goals around finances. One, they want to um, live debt-free. Two, they want to be able to save for retirement and for other invest and want to get more information around investments mm-hmm. and retirement funds. So although there's, there's a lack of planning happening, and there's a, a, an awareness of the lack of plan of happening, um, there is the attitude and willingness to go out and say, here's what we want to do. And you said this is an American opportunity as well. I have to say that I was a little bit surprised, Luis, when I went to, because I work in radio, I was invited, given tickets to this <clears throat> financial event. So I went into this church and there were thousands of people. And it basically was giving us like, like a plan for our finances. And not to pat myself on the back because I, I grew up rather poor. So I'm <laughs> always afraid of being poor again. So I really plan ahead and I never live um, above my means. So I'm always secure. But I have to say I was shocked at friends and neighbors and people I knew who were really battling some serious debt issues. So can you give us some general tips, some things that you would help many of us get on the right track financially with a plan so that we have a retirement to look forward to? Absolutely. No, and, and thank you for that question. Um, there's three things I think that are important in um, putting a plan together and and having the awareness to do so. Okay. One is that um, when is the right time to start? Today. So no matter love it. where you are. Now. <laughs> exactly. Um, no matter what job you're in, how much money you're making or not, um, a plan is going to help you set goals mm-hmm. um, for all of your financial opportunities, right? Whether it's, as you mentioned, retirement, um, whether you're trying to save for children for college, for a home, or any other financial endeavors, you need to make a plan um, sooner than later. And like I said, now, okay. so that it doesn't, you know, you, you don't fall behind and you're able to get to your goals 
sooner. Okay, uh, I think the second misconception about planning, which is why many folks don't have it, is that um, there is no minimum requirement of income or cost to start. Um, you know, here at Northwestern Mutual, um, there is no minimum client requirement or income requirement to sit down with a financial advisor and have the conversation about what are your financial goals, what does your plan look like, and what do you need to do now uh, to get to that place um, and, and, and so that you don't fall behind. All right. And I, and I think the, la the last thing, you know, once you, you, you take action now, you, you meet with a financial representative, is that you want to make sure that you, you continue to revisit that financial plan. So that financial plan is not a um, one time and it's done. It's a li living and breathing document, right? So mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the same way you go in on a yearly basis to get a checkup from your doctor on your personal health, you want to make sure that you're checking in with your financial advisor to check in on your financial health on a yearly basis to make sure you make those adjustments and um, changes or and to celebrate yourself, right, for taking the right steps and putting your plan together and following through on those action items. Absolutely. All right, Luis, where do we go to get more info? There's two great ways of getting information. One, um, you can go on our website, northwesternmutual.com, or you can also um, go to your nearest Northwestern Mutual office and talk to one of our financial advisors. Excellent. Thank you so much, Luis, for the great advice. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.